If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. And as usual, the 18-year-old Nathan Sabo had his birthday a few days ago. How are you doing And as you are now an adult? I mean, I don't feel any different, but uh, I'm doing good. It was a nice, beautiful weekend, spending it outside the best I could in quarantine. But uh, it was all right. Thank you for the shout-out for my birthday. You're welcome. And... I thought the worst episodes of the MJ documentary, Last Dance, aired on Sunday from 9 to 11 as normal. And this episode was kind of boring because it kept talking about his gambling problems <laughs> and all the off-the-court issues. So that was in- interesting. And then there's a few more things that we'll get into a little bit in, in depth a little bit later. But what do you think of this of these two episodes. Yeah, obviously, clearly these two episodes were more focused on Jordan himself, whereas you know the first four was yep. Pippen, Rodman, the Pistons, uh, management. But uh, no, I was interested because I always knew he had something with uh, not necessarily a gambling problem, but there were talks about it. And look, from the way he portrayed it, obviously he has the rights to edit everything in this documentary. It's his. Um, you know, he just... Gamble on golf. This is, of course, according to him. Gamble on golf. And, you know, the one night he went out with his dad to Atlantic City before uh, the Eastern Conference final game against the Knicks. And, of course, the media blew it up, which that's the media. They always blow everything up, even to this day. Um, And, of course, it pissed them off that everybody was mad at him for doing it. And he goes out and they win four in a row and head to the finals once again. But, uh, no, I enjoyed le- learning a little bit about his gambling, although it is, I think, a little biased towards him, obviously. Obviously. But. Just like how the Pistons were portrayed in last week's and this week's episode, because Isaiah Thomas somehow is always gets crapped on in these episodes, no matter how, even though he doesn't even play basketball anymore. So there's that. But I thought, I see, the thing is, is my favorite part of the, these two episodes were the shoes. As Spike Lee said, it's gotta be the shoes. And I love Jordans. I think they're uh, a great shoe. I've had a few in the past, but I've never had the the ones where he played in, you know, the numbered, the ones, the twos. Because those things are crazy expensive, like $200. <laughs> and I'm not buying, I'm not paying $200 for a pair of shoes. Maybe 100 but not 200 and I loved how he didn't even want to go on the flight to Nike, right? Because he was a rookie, right? Or he was a rookie when he signed his five years, $500,000 uh, contract with Nike. Because at the time, they said that athletes may be getting their contract would be at a max worth of $250,000, if that. And he somehow got a $500,000 contract at just out of college. Like, yeah, that's crazy. And the shoes that he had, I love the Jordan 1s, I love the 3s, I love the 11s, those are my top three favorite shoes. And I liked how he didn't want to go on the plane to Nike, and he was 
mainly an Adidas guy, and his mom for his mom and dad forced him to get on the plane to go see the pitch that Nike was going to give him, which I thought that was pretty cool. And the thing was at the time is he wanted to be Adidas, and Adidas didn't have Adidas wasn't that great at producing shoes as it is now. And then also at the time, I believe it was yeah, Converse, Converse was the shoe was of the NBA. The shoe of the NBA, yeah. That's a bit strange knowing what we know Converse. <laughs> yeah, I know. Day. It's crazy. I, don't, I was shocked when I heard that. I don't, I don't know how it became a basketball shoe, but it's whatever. And then, of course, you know, you had the dream team with, uh, dream team with Reebok, how he had the Reebok. When they were getting the gold medal, the Reebok was kind of the sponsor of the Dream Team's equip, like their jerseys and everything. And they, of course, had the warm-ups that they all had to wear. And he decided to find a way where he wasn't going to be on, he wasn't going to brand Reebok. And he had the American flag over the symbol, which I thought was cool. And the thing that I'm starting to take away with Jordan is he's a complainer. He complains about <laughs> everything. I don't know if you noticed that, but he seems to complain about everything. Yeah, he does complain a lot, and I think it goes back to his competitive nature. I mean, you know, you always hear from these stories that we're learning in The Last Dance, whether it's as simple as out on the golf course or something, and, you know, you piss him off, you give him that urge, that energy or whatever, and he just goes into his own mode and turns it on. You know, as you've seen in series against other teams on the court. And um, I was watching, I believe it was Scott Van Pelt last night, interviewed Brooks Kepka, who's one of the best uh, golfers on, on tour. And he's talking about the one time he played, uh, him and Michael Jordan played, I don't know, it was a year ago, whatever. And Kepka basically said, oh, I got you right where I want you. And he goes out and like birdies four holes in a row and ends up beating Kepka. So, you know, he's got that competitive drive to him, which you don't really see too much nowadays in sports, at least to the extent that Jordan had it. Yeah, totally agree with that. And I don't know. I mean, when he was asked about his gambling problem back in 92, 93, whenever that was, and he said he had a competitive problem, which I totally agree is because if you've seen the two players that he – that was talked about in the last documentary with Clyde Drexler, you know, during, I think it was the first championship, may have been the second, but I think it was the second Yeah, the second, second one was Portland with Drexler, and they compared him to them or something. Yeah, and I like how he always take when someone is compared to MJ, MJ just goes off, goes into his, like you said, his zone, and he just goes crazy, like, Clyde Drexler was supposed to be compared to Michael Jordan. Like those two were supposed to right. be on the same level. And Jordan took offense to that. And he goes off in the next game, hits like seven threes, and then has the shrug. And then I don't know if you saw during the 1997 season when they were gambling with the Colts. Oh, yeah, with the security and that one guard. That Albert Einstein-looking oh, dude does the shrug, and it was the dumbest shrug that he did. Like, it wasn't even in, like, an athletic type of shrug. It was, like... And eh, whatever, like a girly type of shrug, if you say. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's just it shows like the little things, like even that, the coin tossing, how competitive he was. But yeah, for sure. And then the Kuko, Kuko, Kuko? 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 yeah, Kuko the Kroos, Croatian dude. 
Yeah, and how? Uh, oh, what was his name? Jerry Short, Krause. The GM. Yeah, that's his name, and how he loved Kukos, who they ended up becoming teammates in the end. And Jordan thought Kukos would have like end up coming into Chicago and end up running the team, and he might ship off Jordan and Pippen because Jerry Krause is dumb. And then you saw Kukos. It was just Pippen and Jordan, and they shut him down on that game. It was crazy. And then, obviously, the gold medal, Kukoc, showed him what he could do. But that mindset that he has, it's crazy. The thing is, is I feel like Michael Jordan, when he's constantly compared to uh, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, I feel like he goes into his zone at his house or wherever he is, and he just goes off and something, like, he just gets into his own and gets stuff done. I don't know what he does on his own, but I feel like when he's constantly compared to that, I feel like he goes into his own zone at his house or something and just goes off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because you really, we don't hear too much from Michael Jordan much. Obviously, now we do with The Last Dance, but, you know, you'll see him at the occasional Hornets game because he's the majority owner there or occasional Tar Heel game, but you don't really hear much from him, and I don't know if it's because he got so sick of the media or people comparing him, you know. Obviously, they showed in these last couple episodes him dealing with the media, and not just the physical, yeah, the physical wear it has on your body, but the mental wear, just like the repetitive nature, you know, are you coming back next year? Like, dude, I don't know. And you see that even today now. It's like with the media. Yes, these stupid, repetitive questions. It's like, you know you're not going to get an answer How does it out feel of them, when so don't ask. Championship. Yep, totally agree. I I feel like, you know, you could be the greatest athlete in the world, but if you're not mentally strong, you're not going to make it. And it can be as small as you might not be in a, a play in a game, say in football, Say you're the starting quarter, or say you're a starting wide receiver, and you might have to go out on a play that you normally don't, and that can mess up your mess up you mentally. And then if you get into the pros, where the the microscope is on you much much brighter, if you can't deal with reporters, the media, you're not gonna make it. So mentally, being mentally strong is half the battle, just as much as being. Yeah, skilled. I agree with you a hundred percent, and you know. You see it a lot today with certain players, you know. A good, re, uh, good example here is not necessarily from the media, but the injury with Andrew Luck repetitively getting injured and in that, you know, not necessarily physically he couldn't go on, but mentally just with rehabbing and getting injured again and having to, you know, constantly train and rehab over and over again, it got to him. And he finally just said, you know what, screw it, I'm done. And then you go to people like Tom Brady, who's, you know, mentally it's, like, insane. How, you know, he's still playing. It's crazy. Kawhi Leonard. And, like, Kawhi. He's uh, Kawhi, Kawhi's a robot. I don't, I don't get him, but it, it works. <laughs> that is literally one of the funniest the things I think did. I've ever heard is that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right, anyway, let's move on to playing. 1992 Dream Team. And we all know to this day that Michael Jordan was in charge of this Dream Team. No matter how much he denies it. And the players deny it. But we all know Michael Jordan was in charge of the Dream Team. And the 
biggest player that was left off from Detroit, Isaiah Thomas. And I don't understand how, because how Jordan says that he wasn't in charge of the Dream Team when Chuck Daly was kind of the coach. The Detroit Pistons head coach. And you're not going to bring, arguably at the time, one of the best point guards in the NBA at that time not into the Dream Team when he's your player. A little questionable there, MJ. And the player that I think Thomas should have taken over is John Stockton, 100%. Stockton should not have been on this team. Isaiah Thomas should have been on the team. Yes, the numbers in 1992, Stockton, of course, averaged a double-double, but Isaiah Thomas had averaged more points. But the thing is, is Stockton had Carl Malone. And the pick-and-roll situation with Carl Malone was unreal. It was it was OP. And just the Carl Malone at that time may have been the, a generational-type player, kind of like a Zion in a way at that time. Just an athletic guy, as big as he was and he could move like that, it was absolutely crazy. But if Stockton isn't on the same team as Malone, Stockton's not as good as he was. And the thing that I hate is apparently Isaiah Thomas had a feud with every single player on the Dream Team. Mm, I don't think so. Him and Magic were boys, right? The only players that I think he may have had a feud with was Jordan, Pippen, and Bird. I don't think he has a feud with Charles Barkley, Christian Leitner from Duke, Clyde Drexler, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. I don't think he has a feud with them. So, Jordan, I just come out and say that you're in charge of the Dream Team and all this can... Yeah, and obviously in the interview, he's not going to say that. I mean, this is biased towards his way. That's why they make they make Isaiah look kind of like the bad guy here. Um, but, you know, Jordan coming out and saying, I, you know, I had no decision in that. That's complete BS, and he knows it too. Like, he's not going to come out and say that on his own documentary, obviously. But, you know, it just adds to the fact that, you know, how – much Jordan basically de- despised him because it was finally the, the really the true one team that beat him were able to beat him and it came back to that and you know I don't care what anybody says to this day the reason Isaiah was left off that team was it was Jordan and you look at him and you know dang well he ran things to some extent I mean he was Michael Jordan he he's the name he's known worldwide and you know, the fact that Chuck Daly is the coach of the Dream Team and Isaiah's not there, it's just, it makes no sense. And, you know, Isaiah still says today, you know, he's mad about that. He knew he wishes he was on it, and he clearly had the talent to be on it. The talent is not the question. It's just, you know, Jordan leaving him off, and I guess he just couldn't leave that feud behind him. And uh, it cost Isaiah a chance to be on uh, top of the world with the U.S. and the gold medal. Yep, and last thing before we move on to the break about this documentary is The Bad Boys 2.0, the Knicks, the early 90 Knicks. I know it's not portrayed in that way, but in the early 90s with the Bulls and the Knicks, the Knicks played a probably not as physical dominant game defensively as the Pistons did, but the Knicks played physical just enough. And it was even said in the documentary, 
that the bull that Phil Jackson even said that the Knicks played a style of defense like the Pistons. Yet the Pistons to this day are portrayed as the bad guys. And I have a statistic here. For the Pist- when the Bulls played the Pistons in nineteen 19- in that nineteen eighty nine series in six games, on average the teams had twenty four point eight fouls a game. In 1990, in seven games, there was an average of 28 fouls between both teams. Then we move on to the 1992 series with the Bulls and the Knicks. In seven games, on average, 26 and a half fouls per game between both teams. 1993, in between in six games, there was an average of 27 fouls between both teams. So, you're going to sit here and tell me that the Knicks that the Pistons were supposedly bad at bad for basketball the way they played you're going to tell me that the Knicks weren't as bad if not worse than the Pistons yet the Knicks don't the Knicks even win a championship the Pistons won too and the Knicks are an afterthought because they're they're not portrayed as the bad guys yet they did just as bad as what the Pistons did. And we're showing highlights in between these games where people are slide tackling people. There's trash talk constantly being thrown. They're up in each other's face. People are getting thrown to the ground, punches thrown. Yet, that's never talked about to this day. But the Pistons are the bad guys. Yeah, and I uh, think that's because the Pistons ultimately beat them. And the Knicks came out with the same mentality, the same game plan. You know, we're going to play physical. We're going to basically foul hard and, you know, not try to hurt them. The Pistons never tried, regardless of what anybody says, hurting a guy. They just played hard physical basketball, what they needed to do to stop Jordan. And it just amazes me the the hatred and, and outlash towards the bad boys, whereas the Knicks, they did the same exact thing. And I think it just comes down to the fact that the Pistons, you know, they won back-to-back championships and they beat the Bulls, whereas the Knicks, you know, they did not. They ended up, they blew a 2-0 series lead and the Bulls won four in a row and went on to win again. So I think the reason for the hatred goes to that, but it's just the same exact thing on the floor, same game plan, same physical, uh, same physical style of play against Jordan and they don't get any hate for it and it's, Probably because, like I said, they they ended up losing to the Bulls. Yep, totally agree. But the Pistons are still the bad boy, or still the bad boy image to this day. And the thing that I like about it is, it still annoys all everyone. It annoys everyone to this day. Still, yeah, and that that I think that's the greatest thing because you know we sit here as Detroit fans and. The, I think the best part of it, like you said, it still annoys Jordan. You could tell with him talking and annoys people around the country, the media too as well. And the greatest thing is when, you know, John Sally or Bill Lambeer or former players come out and say, you know, we don't give a flying you-know-what. We won. I don't care what the media says, you know. And the fact that it still gets people as mad as it did back then, it's it's just great. Totally love it. I would love to see Bill Ambeer on this documentary. Yeah, I, I mean, I would too. I, He's just the most, you know, he, him with the media, he basically just tells them, you know, 
F off. I really don't care. You know, it's how we played. You know, I don't care how anybody feels. It's how we played. We played physical. We played. That's how it worked. We ended up winning two championships. How many people can say they have two rings? You know, that's the way he looks at it. And I, I love that way that he talks about it. It's great. Lions okay, can't well, say they have two rings. We're not going to get into but that. That's what I... We're still a ways away from football. <laughs> I think the Bulls, if they ever lost the series, they would have walked off the court. I bet you any money they would have yeah, walked I'm off not, the court. Yeah, I'm not going to deny or say anything, you know, with that. But Jordan can say all he wants about them, you know, not walking off the court and not shaking hands. One, I know we talked about this last week. The Celtics walked off the court in uh, 88. And, yeah, the Pistons, Pistons just don't care. Give, don't care, you know, and. I don't know why the Bulls, they let it get to this level. I mean, again, when what nobody talks about, and obviously it's not going to be in the documentary, is Jordan's comments before game four saying they're disrespectful and bad for basketball. And he's coming out and saying that not shaking hands is disrespectful when he literally just said that their whole team is bad for their sport. So, you know, I'm not going to get to go any further than that, but yeah. It's great. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. Today, since there is no other sports to talk about, we're going to play a bit of a game. It's called Start, Bench, or Cut. We've given a list of three specific players. We tried to, you know, give them same era, same position, same age, some, some similar around there. So there won't be a LeBron, Jordan, or Kobe question because that's too difficult. So Nathan, we're gonna start off with the first question: Start, bench, or cut? You know the you can tell the rules, right? Yeah, I know the rules. And to be fair, I don't know what's coming at me, so um, let's <laughs> see how this goes. I tried to sprinkle in as many sports as possible. So there's some soccer, hockey, football, basketball. You you know. I mean, heck, you could you could factor in golf too. I'll watch that at this point. I don't know golf, so all right. Oh, by the way, right now they are they are interviewing Matt Patricia on NFL Live. So you want to check that out? Nope, I will not. All right, we're gonna start <laughs> off. <laughs> He's trash. We'll start off with a bit of an easy question. I think college basketball point guards: Cassius Winston, Anthony Cowan, or Xavier Simpson. Who are you starting, benching, and cutting? Oh, well, let's see. I'm probably going... Okay, well, there's going to be a bias factor here. <laughs> I'm starting Cash. That's my guy. I would agree. I am um, benching... I'm benching Xavier Tillman. No! No, that's not what I asked. What? I said three players. Cassius Winston, Anthony Cowan, or Xavier Simpson. Oh, I thought you said, oh. Because I wouldn't ask a question, but if there are two different positions. Okay, let's just start this over again. All right, starting benching or cutting, Cassius Winston, Anthony Cowan, or Xavier Simpson? I will start Cassius Winston. I will bench do you not Xavier know who Simpson. Do you not know who Anthony Cowan is? I do not know who Anthony Cowan is. <laughs> I don't watch much college basketball except for March in Michigan State. 
It's a Maryland point guard. He's they're all all three of these guys are seniors. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> we'll just say we'll we'll just say cut count. We'll move on. Sorry, college basketball ain't my thing unless you're talking MSU. Sorry about that. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Lamar oh, now Jackson. we're talking. Okay, all right. What was the third one I interrupted you? Lamar Jackson. Oof. Okay. I'm starting Mahomes. Um. Oh, this is tough, man. See, Lamar Jackson got the running game to him, but he's still got to work on his the passing game. But I would I would bench Deshaun Jackson and cut Lamar. That's tough, though. Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Jackson. Did, what? What is wrong with me? Deshaun <laughs> Jackson's a wide receiver, and I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. All right. But, yes, yeah, start Mahomes, bench Watson, and cut Lamar. But, man, that's a tough one between those two. But go ahead. All right. All right. Soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. Lionel Messi. Killian Mbappe. I know the age gap between those three, but Mbappe is up there. So are you talking about like now or in their prime? Um, I mean, just go right now because they're basically all in their prime still. Right now, I would start Killian. Okay. Only because, yeah, well, the age difference, but Mbappe is a freak. Um, oof. I'd have to, I'd have to bench Ronaldo and cut Messi, even though I don't. Mm. I, yeah, I know, man. It's tough, and I don't think Messi gets enough credit. I will admit, I think Ronaldo takes too much of the spotlight. But, man. All right. Oh, that's tough. But, yeah, I'd do that. Man, this is a good game. Too bad I don't know any of these people. Hockey question. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crybaby Crosby, or Malkin? Okay. Pretty easy one for me with being a hockey guy. And I do know all these players. Um, Connor McDavid, I'm starting him. He's the future out of the NHL. Speed, great puck movement, scores a lot. Crosby, I'd have to bench, even though I can't stand him. Um, I He's the second-best player in the NHL, even though I don't want to admit it. And then I'd cut Malkin. I mean, he's no longer – I wouldn't say he's a top-ten player anymore, but, yeah, that was – start McDavid, we'll bench Crybaby Crosby, and we'll cut Evgeny Malkin. All right. Last soccer question. Mo Salah. This is not the Liverpool front three. Sergio Aguero or Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. See, and you may be shocked here, but I think Mo Salah is overrated. Woo! And I think Aubameyang is underrated because he plays for Arsenal. And not not because Arsenal's brand, but because they they've been let's be honest, not exactly great the last couple of years. But um, I would, oof, this is tough between. It. I would actually start Aubameyang. I would bench Aguero and cut Salah. Because mm, I think I honestly think that Salah's out of there in the next year or two. Because if you look at stats, Mane. 
is so much more – like, I've read something crazy about first goal scored in game, and it's Mane half the time. Sal only gets, has, like, two in the last 20 games. It's crazy. All right, fair point. This is a, There's two extremely tough ones, I think. And this is going to be one of them. Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Fields? Oof. Um, I'm going to start Trevor Lawrence because of what he's been able to do. And I still think he's the number one prospect for sure going into next year's draft. For sure. Um, he's only lost the one game his whole career, which was last year. I would bench... I would bench Tua, even though, regardless of injury concern, whatever. I would bench Tua. I mean, that kid, I don't care. Watching him play at Alabama the last couple of years, just his ability with his feet and making plays and accuracy is great. And I would cut Fields. And that's nothing against Fields, but I just think Tua and Trevor Lawrence have, they're on a different level than Justin Fields. All right. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. Okay, I would start DeAndre Hopkins. I think he is, if not the best wide receiver in the league, top three. Stupid trade, by the way, which I'm sure we've pointed out. Matt Millen? Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would bench Michael Thomas. I f- feel like he's one of the big reasons why Drew Brees is still there on a two-year $50 million deal. And... I would cut Julio Jones in the sense that he, he's a great player, still is. He's been an injury concern, and he's not exactly in his prime much anymore. Okay. Tom Brady, okay. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Now we're in their prime. Um, We can go prime. We can go prime. Uh, people are going to kill me for this, but. I'd go. I'd start Aaron Rodgers. Woo! I would bench Brady and cut Breeze. And I get it. Brady's the goat. Six rings. Tremendous player. But Aaron Rodgers overall in his prime, I just felt like his ability to make more plays than Brady is a lot more not accurate. His accuracy is not in question, but his ability to make plays with his feet outside the pocket and his accuracy outside the pocket down the field, I just think it's greater than Brady. But, yeah, I'd go with that. Clay Thompson, James Harden, Jimmy Butler. Um, I got to start Harden. I know he gets a lot of crap for playing all offense and no defense, which is kind of true when you watch him play. Um, but he's a tremendous player. I'd bench Clay Thompson. I mean – He's consistent year in, year out. Three-point percentage is just as good as Curry, if not better. Um, and then I'd be, and I'd cut Jimmy Butler, who's by all means still a fantastic player. Uh, Miami is one of the best seeds in the East this year. Kind of a surprise. All right. Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard. Uh, well... I would start Curry, for sure. I think he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Um, obviously, I don't need to go on about him. It's about his range and three-point shooting. Um, I'd bench Damian Lillard. He's very similar to Steph Curry in a sense of his range and three-point shooting. 
Um, and I would cut Kyrie Irving. I, with being, I'm kind of like a Celtics fan. I'm not a fan, but I root for the Celtics. And he's just an ignorant little piece of you know what. And that, that I know we're not talking about that, but his game on the court, he's a tremendous player. But he uh, he got out of Cleveland because he wanted the spotlight. So he got to Boston. He had the spotlight. And then he cries like a little baby, and now he's with Brooklyn. So that's he's getting cut. All right. George Kittle. Travis Kelsey. And Gronk. All right. I may get killed here again, but I'm starting George Kittle. I think he's an absolute <laughs> beast on the field i would bench kelsey and i'd cut gronk and don't get me wrong great gronk's player. a great player but he's been out of year. he's been out of the league year and that doesn't mean he can't come back and be good but that does a lot of a lot of things as he's lost like 30 40 pounds something crazy and all these people going on thinking they're gonna go to the playoffs win games they won't I, I don't even think they'll make the playoffs to be honest with you and i think it's all of you know, financial thing down there in Tampa, you know, buy tickets, sell merchandise, which they're going to sell a lot. This is the toughest question and last question on this start bench cut. Kawhi Leonard, KD, LeBron. Oh, God. <laughs> toughest one. Mm, why'd you do this one? Oh, my God. Because uh... it's a good position? I don't know. Uh, crap. Oh, this is tough. I'd have to. I have to, but I have to start LeBron. Just because, you know, his ability. He obviously brought Cleveland a title. Whatever you want to say. His records in the final isn't great, but he's LeBron. I'd bench Durant, and I think Durant and Kawhi are similar players, although Kawhi is better defensively, and Durant's probably better offensively, but I'd bench Durant and I'd cut Kawhi. But, man, that's tough. They're all top five players in the league, in my opinion, all right, this, sure. This is the one I will do. I would start KD because he's balled on the on the three finals. I think it was two, fi- two finals that, were, that they played in. KD destroyed LeBron. So I'm taking starting KD. I would then... Bench Kawhi and cut LeBron because I know it's not a fan favorite though, but Kawhi has also gotten LeBron in the finals multiple times. So that's where I would go. All right, moving on to the past five. Last thing before we go. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Before you start, I have some positive news for once about sports in this city. And uh, there's a thing last night come came out about the NHL and wanting to do their draft, their entry draft, a little earlier in June. And there'd be a new format to it. Now, obviously, if they had the draft, the season's going to be over the regular season, right? So yep. in this new format, um, the Red Wings, which instead be guaranteed a f- top four pick, would be guaranteed a top two pick. They had, get me Lafreniere. They would have instead of a 19% chance at number one overall pick, a 53% chance at the number one overall pick, and a 47% chance at number two. Get me Lafreniere. Get me Alexi Lafreniere. I know. I thought the same thing when I heard this. It's like you know what? Take it. I will take that. I cannot wait. I hope that happens. 
Me too. And we need something right to go in this city. We need something right. Yeah. Besides besides Stevie Y coming in, we need something to go right. All right. Let's move on to the fast five. First two questions I think are pretty funny. Favorite moment on the Lions getting screwed? Favorite moment on the Lions getting screwed? Oh, God. Well, there's a lot of them. Obviously, the Dallas game in the playoffs stands out. But actually, I think the one that stands out the most last year is the Green Bay game, where there was two uh, illegal hands to the face, and they called it, and he didn't even touch his face mask, which I thought was just ridiculous. But that one stands out for sure. But there's multiple ones you could choose from. All right. uh, My first one would have to be, I think, the Cowboys. That, you know, cost them a playoff. Yeah. And and the fact that they picked up the flag, too. Yep. That was a big... You know, I I showed the video of uh, Daquan Young or whatever with uh, picking up the flag. Oh, yeah. On the Lions. If you ever... I would check that up. Uh, check that out. Daquan Young, Lions getting screwed. It's a pretty funny video. All right, second question. Second favorite moment on the Lions getting screwed. Second favorite moment? There's a lot of them. Um, Two years ago, two two or three years ago, I can't remember. Week three, they're playing Atlanta. They're 2-0. To- I was just about to do that. 2-0 to start the season. Atlanta just went to the Super Bowl and blew it. So both teams 2-0, Lions are coming down the field late. They score what looks like to be a touchdown on the final play of the game. But apparently Marvin Jones was down before the ball crossed the line, and I disagree. I didn't see any video ever. The call on the field was a touchdown, and they turned it over. And the rule is there needs to be enough video evidence, and there wasn't. And the biggest thing that pissed me off then was the referee coming out and saying, by rule, there's a 10-second runoff, therefore the game is over. It's like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me. If you think about that game, if the Lions win, they go to the playoffs. And guess who is not here if the Lions go to the playoffs? Yeah. Matt Patricia. Uh-huh. But my moment would pro- – I was going to say the Falcons, but I will go with the process of the catch. Oh, god, yeah. That's just – Or the – or the one with Justin Forsett going on Thanksgiving. He goes down on the ground and Jim Schwartz challenges it. But for some reason, you can't challenge a touchdown. And their rule, there can't be a uh, a review. And then there's the 15-yard penalty on the lines. Or uh, another thing back when they played at the Silver Dome, I saw this. Oh, the, the, uh, the, the you're too goes. loud or else they'll be forced to the penalty. Oh, come on. It's the dumbest like, thing. You know, dang well, that wouldn't have happened to any other team. All right. What Detroit team will be good first? Good? <laughs> yeah. I would say, now obviously you could say the Lions football, because football you can have a miraculous season go to the playoffs. But being consistently good, I would say the Red Wings, because yeah. they're a lot closer than any other team, at least, or at least with – um. Their prospects in place for sure. I would go with that one too. Favorite Jordan shoe? I'm not going to lie. I couldn't name one Air Jordan shoe. I'm not into them, but um, I'd love to see what yours is. Jordan 11s. My favorite by far. Great. I'm sure it's a good shoe. 
<laughs> I'm not paying 250 bucks oh, for it, though. Last question. We know soccer is not a big thing here in the States, but the U.S. men's national team, they suck too. There's a lot of good prospects coming through. Nathan, who's your favorite U.S. men's national team prospect? Well, my favorite, I'm because I've seen him play the most, and I'm tempted to get his jersey because I love the kid, and he looks like he's going to be a superstar. Well, maybe not a superstar, but a star is Christian Pulisic. Plays for Chelsea. I got I got a jersey on right now. You have an American one or a Chelsea one? Yep. No, if I got the American one. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one. But uh, I I was the beginning of the season just watching their games, just waiting for them to score, and then he scores a hat trick. I think it was in the first game he scored. Yep. And it was the same time they were doing the the Premier League had their thing and and over here, you know, with the fans or whatever. Yeah. Fans are going crazy. That was that was just great. He scored a lot of goals too, especially in the Champions League too. So yeah. just that. But my my favorite would have to be seventeen year old phenom Gio Reyna of Borussia Dortmund. This kid, seventeen and a half years of age, comes into the Champions League, which is probably equivalent of I don't know, maybe like the NFL playoffs, something oh, like that. Oh yeah, no doubt. Equivalent. This kid's 17, mind you, comes onto the field and grabs assists, and he doesn't play like he's scared. If you think Pulisic will be a superstar or a star, I think Gio Reyna will probably top that. Yeah, I agree with you. And just imagine you're about his age, a little younger, but imagine you being out on the field on a Champions League game. Let's say it's Borussia Dortmund against Real Madrid, and you're playing. I mean, that's... You talk about being on the world stage. That's crazy at 17 years old. I would agree. All right, that'll do it for our show. But first off, make sure to share the podcast. You know, give it uh, some positive feedback. Nathan made us a solid Instagram page, 100 Sports Podcast. So give us a follow there. And Nathan, anything you like to add? Nope, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, till next time.